Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X dot com. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Happy St. Patrick's Day. It's not today. It's when we're recording this. My name is Matt. My name is Noel, and my uh, audio waveform is green. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you. You are here. And that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. Um, important announcement before we go into this week's uh, listener mail segment. Uh, We are recording after a horrific series of events that took place in Atlanta, Georgia. A domestic terrorist uh, took the lives of eight people, uh, is currently claiming this was somehow not racially motivated, most likely in an attempt to dodge the additional federal uh, crimes that these sorts of murderers can and should be charged with. I we haven't talked about whether or not to remark on this on air, but I do I do feel it should take precedent here uh, for everyone listening who is of the Asian American Pacific Islander community. Uh, we are with you. This is a another a tragic, heartbreaking, uh, a, another iteration of the continued rise in violence 
across the nation against people uh, for no other reason than hatred and racism. As we said before, racism denotes, most importantly, a severe lack of critical thinking, and it has no space in any public forum. What, what do you guys think about that? I know I'm, I'm throwing a lot out there. <laughs> no, I mean, good, good Lord, man. You, you nailed it. It's, it's completely true. And it's something that I think people were emboldened uh, to do more openly um, because of uh, a lot of availability of certain forums uh, and a lot of really charged rhetoric around things like that. And, uh, and the idea of feeling comfortable lashing out at folks who look differently, who represent a certain set. Um, and, you know, the, the gentleman in question, I'm not even going to call him a gentleman, the uh, absolute <laughs> monster in question. The last thing he posted on social media was a screed about how China is the enemy and, you know, how we're being too soft on China and all of that stuff. And it's just an absolute conflation of like geopolitics with people, humans on the ground. They don't represent what ha- what's happening in China. And if, if they did, that's just, you know, I don't know. It, 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 it's very disheartening. It has no place and uh, the narratives that are coming out from the um, regional media initially as we record this are uh, incredibly distressing. Local law enforcement has been saying some just buffoonish things. And we know, or at least I know, um, I'm very well aware of what the perception of the American South is in the U.S. and abroad. And our show, our team of uh, five or so folks and one plastic skeleton and a Muppet that is somehow also an NSA intern named Steve, uh, our team uh, wholeheartedly, we are, we are located in Atlanta and we stand against anything like this. Um, to do otherwise is unconscionable. And I, I know it sounds like a little bit of a lecture we are absolutely not uh, the voices that would should be reporting in depth on this uh, because the people who will have the most impactful reporting are the people whose voices have historically been ignored for far too long. I just have to agree with you guys. I don't have a lot to say on this. Just it's horrific. And, you know, we we're reading about it today and. We're, I'm very close in proximity to where some of these events occurred. And right along this area, there's, there's a large community of people that are in fear right now because of the actions taken by one person. The one thing I am thankful for is that the person suspected of these crimes was caught on camera pretty clearly at the locations. So this person who has been apprehended it does appear like there's enough evidence to put this person away for a long time if they are found guilty and hopefully they will be. And I I'm just thankful that that has already occurred or is occurring right now. I would also voice to anyone out there who is, if you're listening to this and you are feeling some type of way because of something you've read or something you've been told, I would just say, do your best to read some other things, talk to some other people and See what you can do to change your outlook, because this this is this is horrible, and and nobody should have to go through this. If you have experience firsthand with horrific events like this, 
please, as always, feel free to reach out to us directly. Uh, we will give you many ways to contact us at the end of the show, or you can always simply pause and give us a call now, one eight three three stdwytk or send us an email, conspiracy at iheartradio.com. Uh, thank you very much for your time with our show. Uh, and as always, we look forward to hearing from you. And so, speaking of the most important part of the show, you, specifically you, listening today, tonight, wherever you're at, uh, we like to take some time every week uh, to share some of your stories, uh, your feedback, your suggestions, uh, your experiences, because they are crucial to the show. Uh, we've got some, we've got some pretty crazy stuff here. We don't always do this. We all, we all went with emails. We've got some scary stuff about big data. Uh, we've got some, scary, we've got some scary future stuff. Actually, this is a scary future stuff listener mail. Uh, we're talking about uh, conspiracies to to mess with your guts in a very literal way uh, <laughs> that uh, seems seems fun and, and poo-poo humor at first, but quickly could become dystopian. We're also talking about, uh, no kidding, robots. And who doesn't love a good, terrifying robot story? So big data, robots, and the guts. Where shall we begin, gentlemen? Kind of want to start inside. Can we can we start deep, deep inside of us? <laughs> yes, please. Yes. Like that movie, Inner Space. Let's hop on board. Very well, then. Here we go. Travel with us, fellow conspiracy realists, into these guts. Yes, up in them, in fact. Our first letter today comes from Heather. And this is, this is pretty brief, but it's succinct, and it, uh, it opens the floor for an increasingly important exploration. Things that are going to matter to you later in your life and will definitely matter to anyone who comes after you. Here's what you said, Heather. Hey, guys, listening to your listener mail episode and heard you talking about microbiome testing. There was a company years ago called Ubiome that I had test my gut microbiome. It was really neat to see the makeup of bacteria living in your gut. There must be other companies now since this seems to be a growing industry. Keep doing what you do. Best, Heather. Thank you so much, Heather. Uh, this is one of those things that I've been like increasingly referring to as a phantom topic, phantom topic, because uh, we'll have we'll have like our our get together brainstorm meetings. We're shooting each other ideas, and then we'll think, did we already cover this, or have we just sort of always been talking about it because it keeps coming up? Um, microbiome stuff. Public interest began in this a number of years after the science uh, really hit some breakthroughs. And the, the essential thing is this. Uh, like we talked about in this uh, Brain Stuff video called How Farting Works or Who's Farting Inside You or something. Uh, your body what, are you, is, what are you farting inside of or something like that? Right? What are you <laughs> farting inside of? Yes. Uh, your body, if you are a human being, is composed of an astonishing number of cells that aren't really you. Like biologically, technically, they're kind of like contractors. They're subsidiaries. Uh, if you want to be really classist about it, they're renting space from you, right? And you're you're at best their landlord. Uh, That's so right. And, and you know, the, only, the best way that I've thought about it, Ben, is 
all the, there are so many cells in you that don't share your DNA. That's a great way to put it, Matt. Yes. Uh, in fact, do have more actual bacterial cells in your body than you do human cells. It's just those bacterial cells are much, much smaller. And then they're valuable members of the, the universe that is you. They do stuff. You need them. In some ways, you could say maybe you need them more than they need you because bacteria are everywhere. A single human is not necessary to the life of an of a entire you know, line of bacteria, right? And so when we look at the gut, the microbiome, all those different types of What's that Star Wars cantina? Is it Mos Eisley? Mos Eisley. That's it. It's Mose the Eisley. hive of scum and villainy, right? Yeah, yeah. So are your innards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, that's a good, I think, comparison for your innards. There, there are a lot of different folks in the mix hanging out, and you, your body then, or that part of your body, is now their Mos Eisley. A microbiome is the collection of these microbes and their genetic material and it lives in and on your body, uh, your body doesn't, you're probably not going to notice them directly because your, your body is a very crowded place. It's packed so full of bacteria, viruses, fungi. And the weird thing is, with all of this stuff in you and on you, as you're listening to this now, like when, <laughs> if you're listening and you're not driving or something, just like put a hand across your face just caress your face real quick. Millions of things are jumping on your hand, off your face. There are face mites of plenty. There's some that evolve. Just Ew. live in your eyelashes, your eyebrows. And they're especially jumping from your hand onto mm. your face. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and the mites I'm talking about are actually, they're, they're larger than what we're talking about when we say microbes. But, but the thing is, how mysterious is this? We have, as a species, spent a lot of time exploring space exploring remote terrestrial areas, exploring the depths of the sea to the best of our ability. But we know very, we know comparatively little about our own microbial uh, societies, right? Or civilizations, if we want to anthropomorphize. And that's where things like the Human Microbiome Project come in. It's trying to identify everything that lives on a given human being and Perhaps uh, more importantly, take that knowledge to figure out what your microbiome or what changes in your microbiome may mean for you, the city, the universe that is you. It turns out quite a bit, quite a bit, Heather. Uh, imbalances to your gut microbiome can make you susceptible to harmful bacteria and viruses. Like the bacteria you have now, theoretically, what you want to have is the good stuff, the stuff that's like, hey, I like living in Paul Mission Control Decant or Noel Brown or, or, or Matt Frederick. I like living here and I want to do my bit to help keep this crazy contraption going. Uh, and then there's other, it also can protect you to a degree against what we'd see as bad or antagonistic bacteria who's like, ah, fresh unspoiled land that shall be mine. They're like the bad guys in Waterworld. You know what I mean? They want to like damn your rivers, mm -hmm. knock down <laughs> the trees. of your Lots of, lots of eye patches, you mm -hmm. know, uh, mm -hmm. all around. No, it's true. It's true. It is. Yeah. Uh, 
this can so these imbalances can lead to things like they can affect your immune system. They can, of course, not to get too poo poo caca about it. They can affect uh, your bowel movements, diarrhea, constipation, IBS. Uh, they can give you uh, unhealthy skin. Even things like faster aging, reduced cognitive function, wild mood fluctuations. This is important stuff, which means then it's an important test. And I can't just be the only one thinking about other tests that will tell you more about yourself, like on the genetic level, 23andMe, right? Ancestry.com. It's weird. Like this, this stuff provides information that is different, but could arguably be um, just as impactful in its own way. Which All means- the words, Ben, like <laughs> impactful when you're talking about your gut. Right. Like all, all the words here just mm-hmm. feels like innuendo or, or referring to something that we're not. Uh, I love this topic. Sorry. Oh, no, you're you're absolutely right. I'm trying not to not to overthink it. But we have seen studies that tell us there is a link between certain aspects of the microbiome and death and disease. But people are still asking themselves um, as recently as 2020. Like uh, people are asking themselves, what is the mechanism? How, why does this work? Why are fecal transplants a real thing that are actual medicine? How can the microbes, those little things inside you, how can they be linked to everything from like arthritis to, you know, decreased cognitive function? Like how can they have effects across so many different bodily systems? Don't have those answers yet, Heather, uh, but just like an earlier example where we were talking about the early days of genetic testing, where it'd be kind of anticlimactic. You would get a test, you'd spit in the thing and you'd get a test back. And it's like, you're from probably maybe Europe or South America, or you're, you're from, you're, uh, how ridiculous is this? You're from somewhere on the continent of Africa, by far the most genetically diverse Uh, concentration of human population in the world, right? Just because it's the oldest. Um, But then that, that genetic stuff became, uh, became more, uh, became increasingly sophisticated uh, such that now the test results you get are, are a world away. And those test results are being sold to third parties. That is absolutely, if it, if it hasn't happened yet, that's what's going to happen with your, your gut by your microbiome. People are going to say like, hey. People want that? Yeah. They want to, people want to know everything about themselves. They're like, yes, tell me about my poop. Tell me more about my poop. But it could be like, what happens if, a, if an insurance company, right, manages to have what they feel is a proven correlation between something in a, in a microbiome and like a higher incident uh, or higher likelihood of some sort of cancer, right? Or some sort of chronic disease. Yeah. If anybody, you know, if that ever happens in the future and they try and make me cut back on my habanero intake, I'm going to be really upset. (laughs) And we have to move on, but there's one last thing here. Uh, First, I I believe that this is a full episode uh, because it's, we're looking at emergent science, which always has the potential for amazing or disastrous uh, knock-on effects. And we see, you know, again, we see uh, startups, Ubiome being one, that are getting into this game early 
their goal, I can only assume, as long as they're private organizations, is to somehow monetize, commodify, or sell the data yeah. and the research that they get. And there's a whole story on Ubiome about them doing all kinds of shady stuff early on and then collapsing completely. Mm-hmm. So I think this I think this is a full episode. Uh, I think that we are returning to this in the future. In the meantime, uh, Heather, I hope this isn't something that makes you feel like there's some kind of like uh, poop pirates out there just non-consensually trading <laughs> traces of your microbiome. Um, but that may very well be the case in a few years. So everybody, don't be scared yet, but, but get ready. Get ready to be frightened. And uh, the really cool thing about this, uh, to end on a less dystopian note, is that it is possible to change your microbiome, not just through a fecal transplant, but through the things that you eat, through your diet, through your exercise. Uh, so if you, get a, if you get a result you don't like at some point, uh, then it is possible uh, that you can, unlike your genetic code, uh, easily change it on your own. Mm. Uh, so there we are. It's a brave new poop. Just think <laughs> that every time you go to the commode. Uh, we'll pause for a word from our sponsor. We'll be back. Uh, with more from you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, 
so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And we're back. Uh, hopefully you have finished up in the bathroom there. Uh, if, you, if you're still going, that's fine. Um, I, I don't mind talking to you in here. It's cool. We're, we're narrating. Yes. <laughs> We've made it. The best, you know, the best entertainment pre-cell phone was the stuff that people would read while they were uh, in the restroom, right? Like Uncle John's bathroom readers. Did you guys ever hear, hear Classic. about those? Classic. Oh, uh, you, you know that news app gets lots of play <laughs> while I'm on the throne. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, oh, Lord. Uh, so we, we talked theoretically about, you know, future policing of our guts by these companies and possibly third parties. Well, now let's discuss uh, macro policing. <laughs> I don't know. Let regular, regular old policing and law enforcement and what's happening right now in the world of robotics and policing. Ooh, you guys, you guys, is RoboCop is, is real. News? What? Oh, okay, so it's not good news. <laughs> well, oh, well, I mean, uh, you know, I, I rewatched RoboCop recently, and it holds up. Uh, it's quite a good satire uh, because it's very much, I think it gets, it's got a reputation for folks that maybe haven't actually seen it as just being kind of like a brutish kind of, you know, action uh, flick, uh, but it has a lot of subtext to it, and it is about the dangers of automated policing. Hmm. Well, that's what we're going to talk about. Dangers on all sides here, guys. Uh, I did so, have a RoboCop toy, so I don't oh, want to sound like I'm super anti-RoboCop. Did I did, too. The, I had the big one, the big figure. He would go, drop, drop it, drop it. I just remember him saying, drop it. Did the thigh open up? And with we're the, talking like with the gun holster? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I had the action figure with, I think, with a car. Oh, say. cool. No, those are really cool toys. And I remember uh, saving up or doing chores. I had like a chore wheel of some kind or like a progress report. And if I did well, I would get uh, a toy of my choosing that I would, you know. And one of them was the Not the Mama plush baby from the show Dinosaurs. You'd pull a string and he'd say all uh, various cute things. And another one was the Murphy kind of large format uh, action figure I like the karmic nature of the wheel there it's philosophical uh, but yeah robocop okay Ro robocop that's so our entry yes we're gonna read something from james c here it's very short and succinct and i love it but man he sent us on a journey uh for this segment guys i'm gonna request that you go to a website called nightscope.com k-n-i-g-h-t S-C-O-P-E dot com. Uh, oh. if, so you go there. Hey, if you're listening to this on the toilet, a great time to go to <laughs> nightscope.com. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So once you're there, I'm going to read what James sent us. That's what we mean by commodification in this episode. <laughs> ah! 
I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, Lord. All so, right, we're, uh, we're there. We're there. So Jim says, I was just wondering if any of you have seen or heard about Nightscope Incorporated. I just saw a commercial about this company promoting its security robots. Is this just a flash in the pan company or something we as a society should be worried about? Well, <clears throat> we'll tell you. So first of all, if you go to nightscope.com, a pretty slick website, it's looking good. Do you guys see that first image on on the screen there? Little four-wheeler, but it, where's the seat for the driver, Matt? There's no seat for the driver cuz that baby is autonomous. It looks like I don't know, a cross between the Night Rider car and something Batman would drive. Tr- Tron. And a, and a Tron motorcycle but with four wheels. Um it looks pretty incredible, and it's a real thing. That's not a CGI rendering. That is a real world, probably a prototype at that time. Maybe not. Maybe that's an actual rollout version of this robot. But it is a robot meant to be a law enforcement officer of one form or another. And Nightscope produces all different kinds of robotic law enforcement things accessories perhaps <laughs> they're, they're hey look I, I they they may gain sentience at some point so let's call them like early version robocops uh, so, teammates teammates there we go so if you if you click on a couple of these different versions you can see that they've got a model that is called the k1 the k3 the k5 the k7 and then something called a KSOC. And we just want to go over these really quickly, just so you have an understanding of what this is, and you can explore along with us. The first one, it's called a K1, and I think the K3 is very... No, it's just the K1. The K1, it's basically a standalone machine that sits in an office or you know in an entryway for a, an office building or something like that, and it's designed to scan people that are moving past it or that walk up to it. And it's really interesting. It You can do like security credentials through the thing. You can do uh, coronavirus testing and like temperature checks and all kinds of diagnostics for the humans that walk up to the thing. Um, it has a bunch of cameras and sensors on it that can do all kinds of things. And you can actually, if you go through the website, you can look at all of its capabilities. All of like the facial recognition on it is pretty crazy apparently it also has physical deterrence so this is i'm going to read this part uh it has a highly visible physical presence that's what the website says uh it does eye level video streaming and recording and it can provide entry and exit point monitoring so really a fancy security monitoring system really it's a sentry it's a sentry, but it doesn't really do much. It's it's not like it's got lasers on it or arms that come out and grab you or something. Uh, it will take images of you doing mm. something you're not supposed to do. So right? it won't light up a boardroom full of uh, executives like the thing in RoboCop. At, at this point, the K1 will not do that. I guarantee okay. it. Right. That's, <laughs> a, that's, that's, a, what, that's a small comfort. <laughs> but if that's what you're looking for, wait, there's more. Oh, it, it only goes gets more sophisticated from there. So the next thing called the K3, this is a, quote, fully autonomous security robot for indoor use. This thing has all kinds of interesting things it has uh autonomous detection stuff it's got 
uh, according to them, robust communication, remote monitoring, and it can broadcast messages. So, <laughs> and it looks they, like a Dalek, a Dalek. It does. Yep. It looks like and a Dalek, which is for for any non nerds out there, uh, is sort of like a trash can with like some kind of probe looking thing sticking out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's somewhere between. It's like um, if R two D two and a Dalek get together for their sci-fi family reunion, then this is a cousin that shows up from like the swankier part of town. <laughs> Got yes. it. Yes. Um, it, it's only for indoor use. That's important. And, you know, again, it's really, it's not doing anything. It doesn't, at least according to their site. And right now it doesn't have any kind of crime stopping you know, abilities, it's it's all about monitoring and recording and alerting. That's what it does. Now, if you jump to the K5, and I think it's the, yeah, K5 is the one that has been spotted in a lot of cities around the world. Because this thing is in use in, on the exterior of buildings. It is like a slightly larger version of the K3, the very, very similar build. Looks kind of like a cone. Really, that's that's the way I would describe it. It's got a bunch of cameras and sensors on it. It rolls around. It gives messages out. It will publicly say things like, make sure the park is clean. Don't don't loiter, please. Uh, With With a strong implication of or else. Kind Uh, of. But but, you know, but it has the ability to essentially be a recon drone or, or, or a monitoring drone, essentially for a human security force. And what it does is, again, it really, it just kind of has a patrol, but it has an actual patrol. It's autonomous. It goes around, you set up the patrol and it does its thing. And uh, what it, it, what it does is connects with the law enforcement or security, you know, group inside a building generally using that KSOC. It's the night scope security operations center uh, software and sometimes hardware that they provide. So it's just got a direct comm link essentially to that. Usually that is then that the communications office or the operations center is connected directly to a local law enforcement agency or something. So it's almost like a home security system at your house. If somebody, you know, tries to break into my home, like right now, if it was occurring, uh, my security alarm would be triggered, which would then go directly to the local police department. That's right here. Same deal, but it doesn't always work that way in practice. And we're going to talk about that really quickly in a moment, but I have to tell you about the K7. This thing is just ridiculously cool looking. There's not as much information on it on the website, which is a little sad, but the thing has four wheels. It looks like Tron, as you said, and the wheels all turn separately. So the thing can like just rotate itself in a circle. It can strafe, like move to the left or to the right. It can go forward or backwards and it can turn just in these beautiful ways. And apparently it can go pretty fast. They're not saying how fast it can go yet, the maximum speed, but they are saying it ha- it's multiple terrain. It can go over a bunch of different places. Uh, it just, it seems super dope and it's also large enough that i think eventually this would be the model or one similar to this could have some kind of actual munitions whether that's you know some kind of non-lethal 
thing or even eventually lethal stuff at, at some point in the future. I do. I do want to point out um, no matter what its speed is, uh, the way that it's designed to be more like an automobile, uh, maybe maybe something for urban conflict, but something that could also potentially, you know, you could rig it to navigate off road terrain. Um, I am. I also thought about the platform thing here. Uh, the, they would have to sacrifice speed for that, but they're still going to be faster than the K5s uh, and below because uh, the the R2D2s here, their top speed is three miles an hour. So they are very slowly doing yes. that autonomous patrol. If they're telling, like, if you are out there stealing um, whatever people steal, oh, water. If you're out there stealing water, uh, then they will tell you, like, you are being apprehended. Your photo is being uploaded. And, <laughs> and you can just walk away. You don't have to or, run. You, you can fast walk. Or give it a swift kick. These things, <laughs> yes. these things look like they will topple right over and they are there. It's not like they're light. They're pretty heavy, but they're they're cone shaped and they've got wheels on the bottom. So like uh, if you're good at kicks, you can knock one over pretty le- easily. I'm assuming I haven't <laughs> I haven't run a demo. I haven't run any testing with this, which you can run a demo, by the way, if right. you're if you're a company that is really looking to up your security or at least go change it in a revolutionary way, you can get a demo. You can request one and they will bring someone from the the team will bring you some of these robots to show you what they can do. I'm just picturing us in some future protest scenario where they're like, oh no, the robots are run. And then Matt jumps out and goes, calm down, everyone. I'm good at kicks. Front kick. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Just like a a little, just like a... You know, and they just like topple right. Over. I mean, those Daleks, man, they, they were notoriously flimsy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. You may not have to kick them. Uh, I'm going to read you a story from Gizmodo from 2019, October 2019. Here's the headline. Useless police robot fails to call for help when needed. Oh, boy. <laughs> so it's a story about a woman who observed a fight that was going on in a local area Um in California, I don't, I'm just really quickly running through this. I don't even know exactly where it was in California. But uh, she ran up to the robot like, uh, okay, here's an officer, essentially. Uh, hey, well, there's something going on. We need help. And like hitting a button that essentially is alert the local police. And nothing happened. It didn't do anything. Uh, it it continued to tell everyone to keep the park clean. And it told her to get out of the way. <laughs> it's like, please, please move out of the way. Mm-hmm. It's, I, it's like, I'm doing my rounds. Get out of here. Um, <laughs> so they ended up having to call 911 in order to get a police presence there. <laughs> Didn't one attempt what could be anthropomorphized as suicide? Yes. There's a CNBC article from, I think it's from The Verge as well. I don't know if it's, maybe it is from The Verge originally by Nat Garon. Mm-hmm. It was published in 2017 and it says DC security robot quits job by drowning itself in a fountain. <laughs> <laughs> it's a depressed robot too. Oh, We've all man. been there. Yeah. And, and you can actually see a tweet from, uh, from high above there near the offices where if there was a fountain that this thing just went right into and that was it. Um, <laughs> but again, these these things in their current form are pretty susceptible to physical manipulation. If if 
you're into it, but be aware you will be on camera. Your audio will be recorded. You will be seen if you try and mess with one of these things. Also facial technique, uh, facial recognition technology is inherently, uh, fraught with problems that people are trying to work on now, but keep in mind that depending upon, um, how you look or how that camera believes that you appear, you may be endangering other people that law enforcement just assumes look like you. This has happened. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but uh, facial recognition still, as we talked, uh, we talked a little bit about in our episode on Clearview AI, mm-hmm. facial recognition still has some um, some problems that rightly lead many critics to call it racist. Oh, yeah, that's true. All right, look, before we get out of here, guys, I'm going to give you some stats. This is coming from Business Insider, January 2020. Uh, this is information on Nightscope. At that time, they had about 50 robots that were deployed across the United States. And it costs, well, it, it depends on, on the model. They're saying it costs somewhere between sixty dollars to $70,000 to lease a single robot for a year, a year term. That's a lot of money. That's like a salary, right? Sixty dollars to $70,000 is a, was a really good salary for maybe a security officer, um, I, I don't know what the running salaries are for a human to be working a job like that, but the, they're saying that Nightscope has raised over $46 million in funding, at least as of that time last year. And there's all kinds of interesting stuff. Essentially they're talking about, about what the future could hold, but there are problems like mall fountains. Uh, one of these robots ran into a toddler because of the, I guess it couldn't see it or something was malfunctioning rode off get out of the way kid (laughs) this is like pre-christmas day scrooge as a robot so i would say nightscope in general has a lot of growing to do but they've been doing it since 2013 guys that company was founded in 2013 as a response to terrible things that happened around that time uh i believe it was on their website they say it was the sandy hook shootings and the boston marathon bombing that those were the two events that caused this group of people to decide, hey, well, let's do some kind of autonomous thing where we can take humans out of that uh, immediate danger role of trying to, inter- you know, to interact with a suspect or, or someone, uh, you know, suspected of, of committing a crime. I think it could be good in the future, but for me, it's really terrifying. If you're, if you're at Nightscope, hit us up. Tell us about the cool things. Hey, maybe run us a demo of that K7. I want to see the K7 in action. If you got one of those, bring it down here to Atlanta or let me know where I can watch it for a while and just check it out. <laughs> Careful what you wish for. <laughs> I mean, basically, is the takeaway here, this is not like, I mean, I know that some of the videos of the Boston Dynamics robots get kind of ragged on because they're sort of dumb looking, but they're also cool looking. Well, uh, they're the, incredibly the, good at moving. That's what I'm saying. This is not that. This is like some like step down kind of bargain basement version of that kind of no, tech. This is not dude, I'm telling you it's not bargain basement. It's really sophisticated, interesting but it's stuff. not as cool as that. It's not as sophisticated as that. That's like the top tier. This is maybe middle tier, let's say. But Can if we, they had if they if Nightscope and Boston Dynamics had a baby and created a thing that was like one of those little panther creatures that Boston Dynamics is creating and had the capabilities of one of these things that Nightscope is creating, you would have a legitimate, terrifying, and probably crazy effective 
law enforcement robot. Something capable of doing a little Fortnite dance after an extrajudicial killing, right? Orange justice, you say? Or just a brutal takedown. Well, the thing is that research into this technology has to exist. Like that's that's the you know, that's what people can see as a dilemma. Even the critics, uh, the human species is very, very bad at saying, oh, we can see the potential problems with this research. Let's agree not to do it. I mean, keep in mind, we're still making nuclear weapons, right? People are still working on that. And everybody knows what those things are designed to do. Um, I would say, you know, there, this it contains so many exciting, uh, arguably vital fields of research. The question is the same question early humans ran into with fire. Are we going to use this to help ourselves or to harm others? <laughs> or to annihilate ourselves, mm -hmm. burn ourselves to the ground. That's certainly an option. Uh, we seem to be inching closer and closer towards Huzzah. Yeah. And hey, they're not the only company, Nightscope, by the way, that's creating these kinds of robots. So Why does it have such a sinister name, Matt? What? Nightscope? Are you kidding me? That Nightscope. Sounds amazing. That sounds like a creepy cop character in a Mortal Kombat game, dude. Like, I mean, or, or like some kind of prowler. Like, no. in a, in a, that's not, that's no, it's, not, it's, not good I, branding. I, I think it's badass. If you go down to the very bottom of their website, you can see, at least right now as we're recording this, you can see a little thing that says, is that Night Scope, K-N-I-G-H-T Scope, or N-I-G-H-T Scope? It's K, Night Scope. But they've got an image of several of their robots around a table, and it looks like Knights of the Round Table. Dope. There was a cartoon about the Knights of the Round Table. Uh, a long time ago. I don't know. I, I can't remember the name. Uh, just someone tell me what it is because I, I, I can't remember. But to your point, guys, to me, either the KN Night Scope or just the regular N Night Scope, they both sound like they would be a character in, in Suicide Squad who yes. dies really early right. because like Dead Scope or something says there's only room for one. Night Scope is just a guy in full like in medieval times armor. But then he also has a scope and it's on both of his eyes. And they're like, what's your power? And he's like, I can see slightly better than I would ordinarily be able to see in a suit of medieval armor. Uh, and then I don't know what night scope, I guess they see in the dark. Anyway, those folks are not going to make it through the whole comic book or film. Pretty wild though. Uh, Matt, sorry if you mentioned this, but uh, I just pulled up, there's a page. It's like a startup like investment page uh, called Start Engine, um, and Nightscope is on there, and they have raised ten million one hundred and ten thousand two hundred and thirty three dollars in this cycle that's happening right now. And it says previously crowdfunded forty three million five hundred and thirty five two hundred and twenty six dollars. So this is obviously like you know uh, GoFundMe on steroids, specifically for startups. Um, and on the page, it does show it's a video. But the still frame of it is that car you talked about, Matt, and I will say it immediately looks like a giant roller skate, huh. a giant futuristic, like the kind of roller skate that Prince maybe would wear. Mm, or that Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table would have used. If you say so. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I didn't I didn't stay awake the entire history class fair. that day. Fair. 
Uh, interesting stuff, man. I mean, mm-hmm. what's your takeaway, though, Matt? Like, terrifying? Let's be real for a second. I, I know there's some cheeks and tongues here, tongues and cheeks here, but uh, terrifying, cool, effective, potential. I mean, like, I don't know. It just seems like a real slippery slope. I just want to be on the side of night scope. So I think it's the coolest thing, man, ever. You're a it's, monster. It's dope. You're a, real, you're a real monster. Well, they're, dude, they're real and they're coming. So, and like, they're, and they're listening right well, now. Well, also, Really, we're in the infancy of this. I mean, it feels like there's a lot of progress and a lot of terrifying things, but uh, the closer technology, the more sophisticated this kind of technology becomes, the more closely it engages in biomimicry, right? So I'm keeping an eye out for the spiders or the things that can move the way a spider would move. Uh, That is going to be, I think, a little more difficult than an automobile that's limited somewhat in its direction, even with the very clever design of these wheels or the uh, rolling cones. Uh, so keep keep an eye out. Keep an oh, eye man. out for those spiders. <laughs> oh, just going to add real quick on this uh, this crowdfunding page. They make some pretty interesting arguments. They've got a tagline here that says, humans can only see so much, but robots can see much more. And then there's a whole section called The Problem. Innovation in the security industry has been stagnant for decades. Guess what the picture is, guys? a security guard asleep at his desk with an open box of Chinese food in front of him and a tipped over soda cup. Um, They're coming for our jobs, guys. Maybe he's in a class on medieval history. It's possible. I feel like I was, I was in that same position. I think they should let you eat in college classes. This has nothing (laughs) to do with anything. Uh, but I think it helps people learn. So would they uh, stop you? Would would the professor be like, <clears throat> Mr. Bolin, kindly put down the ramen? Uh, <laughs> I think you mean quesadilla. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did. I did, in fact, get stopped and threatened with a thing that is not real, which is contempt of class. <gasps> but this guy was so hardcore, I thought maybe it was a real thing. <laughs> he he didn't whip out your permanent record. <laughs> No. Guys, like, guys, I will hold you in contempt. Sorry, robots. Yes, we've gone terrifying. on this way too long. We All need right. to take a break. It's, yes. We're way over time. I'm sorry, Paul. Cut any of this that you can. All right, take a break. We'll be right back with more listener mail. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. 
So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And we're back with more uh, listener mail. That's mail from you. Yes, you. Right right there. Sitting there at this very moment. Um, and, and that person that I am referring to is Louise Superstar. You know who you are. That's right. You asked to be referred to uh, as Louise Superstar. And I'm going to read this email because it's a doozy. It involves uh, some questions that I think ever, a lot of people have, uh, or at least some, um, let's just say, suspicions that a lot of people have about how often and how much uh, do these home uh, assistant devices actually hear. Uh, do they only listen when you say that magical wake word um, or... Are they listening all the time? And and where does this information go? Does it just disappear into oblivion or is it stored somewhere? And I think we know some of these answers, but it's interesting to hear uh, from the inside perspective uh, from someone who was actually there. So this comes from Louise Superstar, who asked to be referred to as such. And I'm going to abridge it here a little bit. I live in the UK. When I finished university in 2019, I got a job as a data analyst for a company called Globe Tech. If there was just a Globo at the end of that, it would sound like a made up, like jokey conglomerate company like Globochem, which I think is from uh, Mr. Show, maybe. The interviewer was very vague about what the job would be about, but it paid very well and I had nothing else lined up. So I accepted the position. Um, when I started on the project, I was surprised by how easy the job was going to be. The idea behind the job was to help Apple improve uh, its virtual assistant Siri by doing basically spot checks of some recordings that purportedly took place when the wake word was, was spoken, uh, being, Hey Siri, sorry to everyone out there with a Siri that I just, you know, triggered. Um, so sorry, again, back to the email. Um, all I had to do was listen to Siri recordings and answer questions about how clear the audio was. Did the user have a clear intention? Did Siri complete the right action? 
and then uh, grade how well I thought the interaction was overall. I was expected to listen and grade over a thousand recordings a day. So just to sum up a few things, there, what, there, there aren't personal details like uh, the name of the Apple ID associated with the clips or any kind of personally identifying information about the individual. But what was deemed necessary for data analysts to see uh, were the exact locations where the audio clips were recorded, um, names in the contact lists of the user's devices, and occasionally we could even see the playlists and apps on their phones. Not only was I freaked out about how much information was being shared, but also how often Siri is accidentally triggered and saves these recording and sends them along. During the two months I worked on the project, I heard people having sex through the HomePod. Same. Um, I don't have a HomePod. Not me. Uh, Okay, fair. Uh, Long audio clips that sounded like they were recorded during therapy sessions through the Apple Watch. Uh, and a lot of people arranging affairs. Bear in mind that we can see the exact locations of the recordings, so it could have been very incriminating if someone on the project was to recognize the address. Uh, And more drug deals than I can count. This seemed to be because the noise of a zipper on a bag opening and closing set Siri off. Wow. Um, I was only on the project for two months before there was a whistleblower working on a similar Apple project for the same company in the Netherlands, which resulted in the UK and Ireland projects getting shut down as well. Uh, I will include an article below, great article, um, which I will will link to or mention in a second, so you can look into it a bit more, but I would like to point out that as this took place in 2019, it was before Apple gave users the options to not share their data, uh, and there uh, was nowhere users could even see which aspects of their data were being held and shared across the globe. The other important thing to note is that there was no vetting for this position, and there was such a high turnover of staff. If you failed to meet your targets a few days in a row, you would get fired. And there were inductions for new staff members every single week. I think this is a fine place to stop. One thing that's important is that it's prevented her, after doing this job, from purchasing Apple products, specifically an Apple Watch. Because she's aware of how active Siri can be in hearing things and recording them and sending them. Sure. Like if you work at a if you work at a slaughterhouse, how many hot dogs do you eat on a on a given day? You see how it's made. I mean, uh, well, they're free hot dogs, Ben. I would assume all the hot dogs, but that's true. I'm not applying this rule to myself, <laughs> but I'm a Garbage Food analogy. As, 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 as am I. Um, yeah. And look, I, I say this as a person with a, a smart home. I, I have uh, Alexa uh, and I have that. Sorry, again, for triggering everyone's device there. Um, but I have that controlling a, a, a Sonos situation. Uh, I have smart lights, you know, connected up to that system. I have it in my bedroom. Um, I have I have one in my kid's room. Um, it, it is something that a, f- a handful of you know friends of mine, my, my girlfriend included, they're kind of freaked out by. Um, I love the convenience of it, and I'm a nerd for tech stuff like this, and I'm fully aware that this is a possible thing. Um, do I feel like I'm going to have an FBI agent knocking on my door because Siri hears me smoking a bong? I kind of doubt it. <laughs> kind of doubt it. 
Um, <laughs> well, now they're they're lining up now. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, man. Like I, ch- I choose to live my life somewhat blissfully ignorant about this stuff, even though I'm not ignorant to it at all. But it's fascinating when you think about it. And, and this article uh, from the Guardian it confirms that this stuff is the case for for us uh, uh, Alexa as well, and that there are you know similar whistleblower situations in projects like this. Uh, it's all counter- of them. Yeah, exactly. All uh, of them. All of them. A company called Counterpoint Research indicated that Apple has 35% of the smartwatch market and more than three times its nearest competitor, Samsung, and more than uh, its next six biggest competitors combined. And the smartwatch is the thing that follows you around everywhere you go. So that's probably the biggest uh, creep factor in this, right? Um, they're hearing stuff you know, happening in, in all locations. Drug deals. Pinpoint that stuff. Let's say you're maybe not just buying a dime bag of weed, but you're moving some serious weight or something like that. I mean, surely people that are doing that are, are being more thoughtful, but I would definitely bode, tread lightly, you know, if you're, if you're rocking an Apple watch. Biomedical um, data. Biomedical data. Huge. That's, that's a, for sale. You know? Yeah. There was a study I saw that recently that said uh, more than 1000 phrases will quote unquote, accidentally awaken Alexis, Siri and Google assistant. More than 1,000. That is insane. You have to wonder what they are, right? I, well, you can usually tell because the thing goes boop, you know, and, and a lot of times it'll be dialogue in a movie that I'm watching. That'll, that'll trigger it. And then it'll duck the volume down, which is annoying. Um, but absolutely, the idea of the sound of a zipper is fascinating. No wonder there's so much sex being recorded. Uh, so the moment you hear that <laughs> zipper go, probably a lot of people urinating too, I would imagine being recorded. That's got to be a fun <laughs> one to hear. But um, yeah, man, it's it's. Uh, it also said a lot of therapy sessions, extended recordings of therapy sessions, very personal uh, and, and potentially identifying information. It's something that everyone should be well aware of and either, you know, go forward with open eyes or, you know, throw out all your personal assistance if, if it freaks you out. Well, it's, it's funny because um, one thing that you'll notice with a lot of engineers, especially engineers who work in these fields, is that their homes are going to be much more analog and mechanical than the average home. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I know. I know you're out there, folks, but I don't know a single engineer who, is, who likes uh, surveillance cameras for security. Uh, or would have uh, any of these uh, personal assistance devices in their home. The laws just aren't there yet. Like I think, I think just now, uh, I can't remember if it was Florida or the entirety of the U.S. There is finally a bill that will attempt to make your stuff actually private uh, with, with uh, at least with Alexa. Yeah, here it is. It was, actually is just a few days ago, March 9th. Uh, there's a Senate committee that just cleared a proposal to ban warrantless searches of cell phones and warrantless searches of voice-activated devices like Alexa, Google Nest. But that's just clearing the search. That has nothing to do with these things capturing this information. And Noel, Louise, superstar, to your point, that's a uh, the tough, tough part here is that it's very easy for companies to do this on purpose and say that it occurred by accident. Like, how would you, how would you prove that it is a bug and not a feature? You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. And I also have some, like everybody who, it's so funny when we talk about how 
the passage of your automobile is monitored, how your internet usage is constantly monitored by someone, even if it's just an ISP. The age of privacy is very, as we understand it, was very short lived and it's over. We are in the post privacy era. Privacy is like a luxury of the elite at this point. That's why you don't hear a lot about the world's very important wealthy and powerful people. That's why their images are carefully managed. And whenever we talk about surveillance, uh, as as Matt, Noel, and I have all said at one point or another, you got one of these, you got one of these light-ups, not just for waving at concerts. Right. By the way, guys, right. uh, for a long time, I've operated with my phone's location services off, like no permissions allowed to any of these apps for my for my mic or my camera. I decided to give in recently. I put on my location services, put on my significant locations, did all that stuff. Just in case something happens to me, uh, you guys could find me or at least locate my phone. Oh, you got to <laughs> find my phone on there. Oh, that's yep. a, I mean, it, like I said, it's, it's a thing you have to weigh. How does the convenience of this stuff benefit me in my life uh, and, my, and, and, and maybe the lives of my, my family members and the convenience or the peace of mind or what have you? Uh, or am I so freaked out by it that I just would rather just opt out of something like that entirely? I mean, to me, I, I'm fully aware of, of, the, of the trade-off, and I, make, I choose to, to choose the convenience and the, and the peace of mind. Um, also, I'm not doing anything so... Uh, egregiously illegal or immoral that I would be concerned that, that anything that I'm doing could be like in some way used against me or whatever. But again, then again, given the, you know, uh, long enough timeline, um, let's say this stuff becomes commodified by the government. Then next thing you know, you're getting black bag because you say the name of the wrong country or something like that, you know, or, or you get like, think about McCarthyism where people were getting hauled in for having certain leanings and, and having certain attitudes. You know, that's a different world. And, and, and that's not tech currently the world we live in, but given a big old sea change, it could certainly happen. So, uh, so th point. things to think about. Yeah, I mean, let's continue thinking about them. These are these are important points. I, I think I I brought this up. God, maybe it's a few years ago. We we're talking about big data and you or something like that. The problem that you're outlining, Noel, is is crucial, and I, I think we can't say it enough. If you have these devices and you are. Uh, or, or if you think any concerns about privacy and surveillance are kind of, I don't know, paranoid or uh, self-absorbed or uh, et cetera, the act of a hypochondriac in the conspiracy ward of a hospital, then what you need to realize is it's not that one of the big concerns is not that you are saying something that will be immediately used against you or uh, that you are doing something so egregiously wrong. The idea is that the laws might change later, and then you will be suddenly, retroactively, a criminal. Because the thing about certain sedition laws, when governments change, right, or when coups occur, is that sedition tends to be applied retroactively, right? When, um, you know, for a very horrific example of this, you know, recall when Pol Pot uh, instituted their bloody regime in Cambodia. Pol Pot's original name, by the way, was Saloth Sar, uh, which just sounds even more villainous somehow. But yeah, people it's very were very Sith-like. Exactly. Yeah, people were being um, 
tortured, brutalized, and murdered, uh, not like for a number, a wide number of horrifically arbitrary reasons. And often it wasn't something that they had done recently. You know what I mean? Like they had had a job back in the day or they had gone to the wrong school back in the day. And those sure. activities were used as evidence of stuff because the laws of that regime, that new regime had new laws. So I think that's yeah. the theory. Like what if you're, what if you're in a situation where, you know, uh, you're, PA, your personal assistant is recording something. You're hanging out with your friends and you're talking about like how there's a certain, I don't know, like a drug law you don't like, or there's something uh, like there's a war going on and you think that war is something that shouldn't be supported. And then later, maybe years later, there's a new law passed that says it's, it's bad business. It's the equivalent of a felony or sedition to say anything bad about any wars that the new U.S. government conducts. And then you get that knock-knock from one of those night scope, uh, one of those night scope R2-D2s, and it does something even spookier. It just snaps a picture of your face and then tells you to report somewhere, and you don't know why. Oh, God, I'm scaring myself. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. All right, so there you go. Um, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to say one more thing, you know, to counter that, um, and, and I completely, we're completely on the same page. You know, do we believe these companies when they say they don't attach any signifying uh, information to this, these Absolutely recordings? Not. Right. Uh, and but then again, what is logistically reasonable for them to store this data? How long is logistically reasonable? You know, I mean, are they really just holding on to people's information in the, you know, for the future purposes of blackmailing them or for the future purposes right. of co cooperating with some new totalitarian regime? I think no. I think this stuff probably is largely designed for what they're saying to improve the uh, accuracy of these assistants. I don't think there's necessarily nefarious motives in, in storing this and in some way using it against you. And it just doesn't make sense considering how many people have these devices to just store all this stuff forever, you know, mm. and be able yeah. to recall it and pin it to a person. Yeah, well, there's nothing to counter because, again, what I said at the beginning was that if you are a more – if you <laughs> – what was the phrase? If you are like the hypochondriac in some kind of conspiracy ward, you're right. That is a very – it's a very extreme thing, and the extremity of the potential does have to be taken, weighed in context with the practical nature. Like, how, how cheap is this to store forever? A profit motive makes much more sense than, like, saving up for, a, a, at this yeah. point, fictional government. Like, as long exactly. as there is more money to be made storing or selling the data than there is expense uh, accrued by, you know, maintaining and storing. And then also they, there has to be some like identifiable data is, is a tough one too, because as we know, you can learn a ton of stuff just from what would be considered allowable, non-identifiable metadata. You just exactly. have to like, right. Combine the different toppings. Put of the, the pieces pizza. together. Sorry. No, please. I, I'm hungry too. <laughs> just follow the, follow the breadcrumbs, right? The breadcrumbs yeah. don't necessarily have a face, but they were put there by a face. I'm sorry. Or a, a, a pair of hands attached to a face. Uh, and you can learn a lot about this person's intentions, uh, their associations, by just following those things. Um, and that, that could apply here, too. But, but again, it's an opportunity cost, right? Like, how long do we store this? Like, if you store something 
uh, then you're not able to store something else unless you're just indefinitely increasing your server space, which just obviously a company like Apple or Google is capable of doing. They can afford me, but there's also not unlimited infrastructure um, to do this. So it is an opportunity cost. So they have to weigh like how, how worth it is it to hold on to this versus what else could we store? And I think they probably have a period like a security camera where it starts to overwrite itself. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's, maybe there's something, you know, I don't know the laws on this, but I'd be interested to hear maybe depending on your country or state, there's a law that treats it like accounting data or something. You know how like corporations have to hold certain business records for X amount of years and that's like they ship them off to Iron Mountain or whatever so that they don't take up office space. Maybe there's maybe there's some something like that because I don't know the full extent of um, what they have in the EU. You guys have heard about that, the right to be forgotten yes. law, um, right. which, which I, I don't know. Is that an age cutoff where you just say like all the dumb stuff I did on YouTube before I was 18, forget about it? Yeah, but but how how does that work? I know, I know we've talked about this, and then, sorry if I'm um, misremembering, but is that uh, sh- does that involve being able to say I want this thing taken off the internet and, and have and expect full one hundred percent effectiveness of that request? I you know I I think that's an excellent question because I'm not sure how enforceable that is. I think the the I think the nature of enforcement is that they can ask. Uh, the company that gathered the data to delete it, but it's like the Streisand effect, right? Like once once the signal's out there, I just don't know how you could make something a hundred percent go away. I'm sure it's possible, but it's I I also to your point, I don't know if it's something a normal person could do, right? Like that's. Mm. Because someone else could just repost it. Exactly. And I found a thing. uh, There was a case. um, The EU's top court has ruled that Google does not have to apply the right to be forgotten globally, meaning that... Uh, the, the clarification was currently there is no obligation under EU law for a search engine operator who grants a request for dereferencing made by a data subject to carry out such a dereferencing on all the versions of its search engine. So you might not be able to find this information about the person in the EU, but you could still in the States. No, that's a five eyes level loophole, right? No doubt. Wow. So just assume what you do on the internet is public record to someone. Yeah. <laughs> or what you do in your bedroom or in the bathroom, because we yeah. know you're still sitting on the pot. Look, it's okay. Your legs are probably going numb at this point. Yeah. Mine do. If I'm in there for an hour and ten minutes, <laughs> this is our. Is this this is like our bootleg version of what they call the NPR moment? Do you hear about that on the, fun the driveway racers? moment? The driveway yeah. moment. That's what yeah. it is. Oh, great! Yeah. We have a commode moment. The commode great. moment. That's true, because we're classy like that. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's something to think about. Um, And uh, I don't for me personally, not something for me to lose sleep over or be terrified. I'm certainly not going to go unplug all my devices. But I just I think, you know, it's something that people should should be aware of. And thank you so much to Louise Superstar for sending in that firsthand account of exactly what goes on in some of these uh, studies. But again, also to point out, this is from 2019. And now new versions of the operating system do have more specific opt-in options. And thanks to James for writing in about the robots in Nightscope. And thanks to you, Heather, for giving us the opportunity to uh, talk about the strange, fascinating science of gut biomes. Thank you to everyone, in fact, 
who has spent this time with us today. Thanks to everyone who has listened to the show, who has written in, who has given us a call. Uh, We can't wait to hear from you. What do you think is the future of automated law enforcement? What do you think is the future of the world within your gut? And uh, what do you think we're going to learn about what these devices and their companies know about us? Tell us all about it. Uh, Give us a suggestion for an upcoming episode you think your fellow listeners should either enjoy or need to know more about. uh, And we'll we'll tell you how to find us. You know, it's the end of the show. We'll just do it now. We're all over the Internet. That's right. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter where we are Conspiracy Stuff and Instagram. We are Conspiracy Stuff Show. Yes, and you can call us. Our number is 1-833-STDWYTK. Please call us. Leave a message. Tell us exactly what you want us to call you. It doesn't have to be your real name. It can be an awesome super spy-like name. Just tell us what you want us to call you. Let us know if we can use your voice on air. Then leave your message. Try and keep it as short as possible. And if you want to say anything personally to us or to Doc or to Paul, go ahead and do that right at the end of the message. Uh, you got three minutes. Do what you can. Try not to leave multiple messages, too. That would really help us. If you've got a longer message that you want to tell us about or give us links or something, the best way to do that is to send us a good old-fashioned email. You can find us where we are. Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.
Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. 